This is the podcast for the British International School in New York, and welcome to Bisney Behind the Scenes, the podcast where we talk to staff, parents, and pupils to find out more about life at the school. In this episode, our very first, we speak to Jason Morrow, headmaster at the school. We're going to find out how he goes about recruitment for teaching roles in the school, how parents can be more involved in the partnership side of school life, and what it means to be an international school. But then we also find out who he wishes he saw in concert but never did. And I don't think you'd guess who that was, so stick around to the end to find out who it might be. But in the meantime, let's get into this episode right now. Jason, welcome to Bisney Behind the Scenes. It's great to have you here. How are you doing today? Great, thanks. It's the first day of term, so it's always fun to welcome the students and the teachers back. And mm-hmm. it's been it's been a long year, but it's really exciting to see everyone back for the summer term. And it's always a term that is filled with lots of opportunities to celebrate and reflect on everything that's been achieved this year. And there's definitely no shortage of things to, to celebrate this year. So how is today different to a normal first day back? Uh, I guess the biggest difference, which everyone will be very familiar with this year, is the omnipresent testing for COVID. So before everyone came back, every student had to have a negative test result. So mm-hmm. uh, last week and over the weekend was lots of chasing up and checking in and getting the results from everyone so that we could ensure a safe, smooth start to the new school term. Okay, now Jason, we're going to unpack a little bit about life at school. We're going to be learning about the approach to education. But before we do that, could you just tell us a little bit about how long you've been at the school for and where you were before you ended up where you are now? Yeah, this is uh, my sixth year at Bisney, uh, and I sort of moved across to New York uh, when I took up the position. Prior to that, I'd been head of a school in Norwich in the east of England. Um, I was there sort of the head of Norwich High School for five years. I'd moved out to Norwich after about 10 years working in London schools, and I uh, the opportunity came up in Norwich, and I thought it was fantastic uh, mm. chance and a good time to move out from big cities. Uh, Hmm. Norwich is an amazing place and I thought I was finished with big cities Uh, (laughs) but then the opportunity uh, to come and work in New York presented itself and I thought well actually maybe I'm not quite done with big cities yet. (laughs) So you're headmaster at the school what does that actually mean that you do on a day-to-day basis then? One of the things that's most fun about uh, being in schools whether you're a teacher or in school leadership is there, there really isn't such a thing as a typical day. So mm. um, I still have always, right through my career, I've stayed involved in teaching. Um, so on really uh, on the best days, I get to go into the classroom and spend some time teaching and working with the students. Um, but the, and it's also conversations with colleagues, planning, uh, working on projects, short term and long term, uh, mm. picking up queries and things that arise. Um, but really, schools are each day presents its own challenges its own opportunities for for fun and laughter and that's one of the things that keeps keeps school special I think. Okay so I'd love to unpack a little bit more about school based on your experience working in in different places you mentioned about the school in Norwich the schools in in London what makes an exceptional school? I think it's it's a really interesting question I think probably one of the most important features that a really exceptional school has is a clear shared sense of purpose and values and that purpose is shared among the staff and it's also (laughs) crucially shared with the students and the parents and if you have Mm -hmm. everyone on the same page and clear about why we're here what we're trying to achieve and how we go about that 
that can make for really exciting things to happen in the school. Alongside that, I think being ambitious for children is really, really important. And I mean ambitious there in terms of their academic opportunities and progress and outcomes, but also having high aspirations for them in the in the other things they become involved in and, and the passions they're able to develop in their time in the school. Um, I'm a real strong believer in breadth of opportunity. Um, my first uh, leadership position in schools was actually as a deputy head co-curriculum, uh, and that was taking responsibility for music, art, drama, community service, CCF, trips, expeditions, all of the enrichment parts of a school, which can be, uh, sometimes can be really hard to manage and coordinate, um, but which are really critical to an exceptional education, because I think it's often the opportunities, uh, the learning, the things that they discover about themselves that children have in those types of setting, which can mm-hmm. be just as important as what they learn in a in a more formal or traditional setting. So I think that mm. breadth of opportunities absolutely crucial. And I suppose it's really important, I think more and more important as schools have evolved over the years, to keep a focus on uh, the people being what is special and what is important in schools. Um, I think often schools get caught up in a in a race for facilities, um, and that's mm. it's great to have good facilities, but actually it's about the relationships and the and the people in the institution that makes the difference. Now you mentioned about enrichment, the examples of music, art, and drama. In what ways did these help to shape children, and what other examples are there of enrichment activities within Bisney? I think they they help to shape children in terms of their their self-expression their self-awareness one of the things that i really love is that different different individuals different students will be they'll be drawn to different aspects of the creative or performing arts and um, it's one of the things that we're really keen to make sure that there is a good balance of music and drama uh, we've even been trying to develop dance because fascinatingly there are uh, there are different individuals who who like to express themselves and someone may be very self-conscious to be in a play but mm. perfectly confident to get up uh, and do a dance performance or to uh, to be involved in a music recital so it's really we think important to have those opportunities for children to explore and discover their passions and interests to express themselves in those different ways and also just to have incredible fun doing that i think it's it, that's mm. so critical um the other areas i would say probably most important for us as a school are activities related to service and, and community volunteering um, and really encouraging the children and and actually sort of giving staff that opportunity to stay involved in the wider community and to be involved in projects and initiatives um, and not just uh, not just fundraising but also giving up their time giving up their resources sharing their knowledge and enthusiasm uh, to help others or to be involved in our wider community so that's crucial mm. for us one of the ones that i suppose has been most curtailed uh, over the last year is mm-hmm. those those opportunities for field trips and excursions and, and expeditions um, that's something that we're really excited uh, to be able to reintegrate over the coming months as things hopefully move back towards normal but even now we've we've been finding ways to do virtual excursions and virtual trips and that's been quite a uh, quite a creative way of keeping that side of school going but it cut, it doesn't quite uh, match going to to actually visit the museum or the gallery or the historic site so apart from those what other examples are there of volunteering that the children and the staff might get involved in putting aside covid for one moment 
Yeah, well, there we have an, we have lots of different projects and, and partnerships in the city that are involved. Sometimes they're in environmental projects, going and helping to do uh, cleanups or restoration work around parks or public spaces. Uh, one of our long-term partnerships is is with a charity that is involved in water quality and water cleanliness around uh, New York City area, the Hudson and East River. Um, one of the fun things that happened before the break was we had um, on the East River, the school's right right on the riverfront, mm. and they actually had a, a dolphin uh, was spotted playing in, sort of in the East River oh, just, wow. just, uh, just beyond the school. Um, and some of the students in year three who've been involved in the uh, water cleanup projects were pretty convinced it was their work that helped to make it uh, a welcoming <laughs> place for the dolphin. Well, so, it may well have been. <laughs> it, it could well have been, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's those kind of hand-on, hand, hands-on projects are really important for us. They're also for the older students. They've been involved in uh, going to some of the shelters around the city and food banks. Um, and also we have a really nice sort of partnership with one of the local hospitals where older students will go when, when they're able to and they will uh, do sort of reading sessions with younger children and storytelling and, and maintaining that sense of normality for children who are perhaps long term in hospital. And you mentioned that the, the staff get involved in these. So I'd love to know a little bit about what you look for in staff when you're recruiting them. Tell me a little bit about how you find the right staff for the school. I think it, in many ways, that's probably the most important part of my job or one of the most important responsibilities, because when you've got the right people in classrooms and the right people in the school working with the students day in day out then schools are are simpler places and and they're more exceptional places so I think for me when I'm appointing staff probably the the most important is looking for that sense of passion and enthusiasm um, for their subject and for teaching I, I really want to bring into the school and bring into the classroom each day teachers who are still fired up and excited about what they're doing whether that's introducing children to a new author or a new period in history or new experiments and ideas in science and um, it's really really critical that we've got that that passion and that enthusiasm from the teachers because uh, that is infectious for the children um, and so often we see students who they come alive in their learning and their enthusiasm for, for school and um, because of the brilliance that teachers bring in the classroom so that subject passion is 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 the number one priority I think after that, probably looking for um, people who are compassionate, patient, kind, um, because schools can be very, very busy places and sometimes there are challenges and sometimes there are setbacks. Um, And so you really sort of need teachers who have that sort of sense of patience and kindness. I think that helps children to feel very confident and secure and supported um, in the classroom. Um, We also, it's quite interesting when you any time if you're involved in learning yourself. I was, I was recently uh, taking lessons in Spanish to try and pick up a new language. Okay. And any time you start learning something new, it's a really, it's a very, very good reminder that you know, learning is quite hard work and it can be quite tough and the kind of very intense feedback and this is what you're doing wrong and this is what you need to do to improve um, is crucial for effective learning. But it's it can be quite tough and for students they're obviously having to do that all day every day so I, I really like to have teachers who who have a, have that in mind and who remember that and um, so that's mm. another important part and then I think 
I guess linking back to what we were talking about previously, uh, we are we are consciously and deliberately we're quite a small school. We want to know every student. We want to invest and take the time uh, to partner with every family in the school. It also means I want teachers who have other interests, other passions and things that they're keen and willing to share within the school. So whether that's running different clubs or leading trips and activities. Um, Mm. So that breadth of interest in the teachers, I think, is also critical. So tell me a little bit more then about that partnership. You know, you mentioned about families and about how they're involved and you mentioned them there as, as a partner. What role does the family have in that partnership? I think it's it's absolutely critical. It's it's always so important and over the last year it's been even more apparent that the quality of that partnership and that relationship is critical to the individual child's mm. success, their progress, them feeling supported and, and valued. Um, and it, go, it goes from simple things to good communication in, in both directions, sharing what's happening, uh, school remembering to make sure that we keep the parents in the loop and informed as to what is going going on in school and how their child's doing, but also sometimes parents just letting us know if there has been a change or something that's happening that may be affecting how the, ch- how the child is engaging or how they're feeling or, or maybe affecting their confidence. It's that communication is absolutely critical. Um, and I think it's one of the things I really value and appreciate in the families that we work with at Bisney um, there is a real authentic and genuine sense of partnership and mm. and that means not always getting the answer you want but always mm. being open to engaging in this conversation and discussion and trying to understand uh, where we're coming from and having again I guess going back to the original point I made that shared sense of purpose um, mm. that the parents in the school are very clear about we're both here to support to enable to encourage and to help that child achieve the very best they can in their learning but also in their wider personal development so as long as we keep that shared sense of purpose at the at the core of the partnership then it works that's interesting you mentioned about wider personal development because i'd love to know a little bit about how the school prepares the young people for opportunities and challenges that they're going to face in life i mean i actually think that's one of the most one of the most interesting and challenging parts of the work that schools do at the moment mm. because the challenges that, that children face as they're growing up and as they move into adult life um, are changing and accelerating. It's more and more important that we are as schools thinking about that and trying to, to put in place opportunities and experiences and, and and structures to enable children to cope with mm-hmm. what can sometimes be quite a, a rapidly changing and overwhelming uh, world. So I think for, for me the most important things that we try to do is look for opportunities for real for children as they become older um, to become involved in taking responsibility to being involved in activities and projects um, to deal with setbacks um, to recognise and understand that you that you learn sometimes from mistakes. I think it's it's something really, really important for schools to remember that uh, it's okay for students to make mistakes. It's okay for things to go wrong. That's a crucial part of a good school environment is that mm. it's an environment where children can take risks and know that uh, there are people there to support and help them learn from an experience mm. if it doesn't go quite, quite right. Or when we have students organising an event or an activity, sometimes you have to allow things not quite 
to work out the way they'd plan because they they then <laughs> they understand what they need to do the next time or how they need to change their approach in that. And I think that's um, so many things in life nowadays are very high stakes, and and the and the stakes for. Uh, feeling or getting something wrong can be too high so we try to have an environment where asking questions making mistakes and learning from them is that's at the core of what the school is doing and um, alongside that I would say probably self-belief self-awareness um, are absolutely crucial um, so that sort of children can confront different situations or challenges and know know who they are know what they believe know what their principles are and that's where i think as an ib school um one of the things that's really a real strength of the ib program is that focus on developing the personal attributes for students and giving them that that grounding and sense of values and sense of who they are and identity and then i suppose resilience and resourcefulness i think are really really important qualities and um, encouraging children to still have it's, it may seem very old-fashioned but that idea of determination and hard work um, and then that is part of learning because if you're encountering a, encountering a new subject or topic and you're finding it difficult and you're having to struggle to master it um, that's not a reflection of any limitation in you or any limitation in the teaching it's sometimes actually the things that are most important to learn and most valuable to learn you have to work at um, and I think again sometimes uh, sometimes schools can forget that or we can lose sight of that and I think it's absolutely crucial um, that that hard work and, and applying yourself to something is an important quality to retain. And you mentioned about the IB a couple of minutes ago. What, what does it mean to a child? What, what extra does a child get from being educated in an international school? I think, I mean, being educated in an international school, there are lots of things that we, I think sometimes we take for granted um, and we, we, we don't sort of realise quite how precious or quite how valuable they are. Um, but I think the, the appreciation of... The diversity of different points of view and different perspectives um, and students families teachers um, come at uh, topics and, and situations and questions from different starting points um, mm-hmm. and that can be incredibly uh, powerful in terms of deepening or enriching our understanding of those issues and those questions certainly mm-hmm. in my subject when we're teaching history or when we're learning about topics in history mm-hmm. it's incredible sometimes to be looking at topics with children from 10 12 different national backgrounds mm-hmm. um, who will each have different uh, questions or different uh, assumptions about what was happening um, that course. really makes for a much better much broader appreciation and understanding um i also think it's just that learning from learning from others and seeing um the different ways in which people with different strengths different qualities uh, um, and different backgrounds can add to uh, the the understanding and depth of appreciation and then recognizing new york is an amazing city it's an incredible city but it is also um it's a huge bubble um, and can be very uh, can be very introspective and, and, and self-obsessed. And I think being an international school, it's fantastic because that that sense of the wider world and being outward looking, I think, is a very very valuable quality to to develop in the children as well. 
I guess the children can't help but be exposed to different viewpoints from different people all around the world then. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely amazing, and some of the some of the most amazing conversations you have mm-hmm. are walking in from the playground or chatting with students, um, and you will have lots of different perspectives being dropped into the conversation, um, and it just it wouldn't even occur, I think, to most business students that that there would be only one way of seeing a situation. Um, that's something that is is very natural, uh, and it's woven into the the DNA of, of both the school and the IB um, and I think for, for obvious reasons that ability to see uh, that you can disagree um, and have different perspectives but still find common ground in a way of working things out is mm. is a very valuable commodity to have. Okay so Jason we've learned about various different aspects of the school and what the school is doing in the world of education but I'd love to give people listening to this a little bit of insight into you if that's okay. Sure. Could you tell us one thing that you like to do when you're not at school? Um, I suppose one of the things I most enjoy doing it's still... I, I, New York is an amazing city uh, for uh, going for long walks and discovering different neighbourhoods and discovering different uh, museums or galleries or restaurants or parks or historic mm. buildings that no one has remembered to knock down yet, which mm. can sometimes be a challenge in New York. <laughs> Um, so I love one of the things that I still uh, find most invigorating about living in New York is just being able to to go out on long walks and explore um, and mm. then sort of find different places. Um, so that's probably one of my my favourite activities outside school. And if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, beginning your career, what what <laughs> might you say to yourself? Uh, <laughs> it's interesting because I uh, I do remember early in my career. Uh, wondering if I would at some point get to be a head of department. So I would probably, I'm not sure if I would let myself know at that stage that I was actually uh, going to end up as a head of school because that might sort of frighten me off. Um, <laughs> but I would probably, in a sense, I would I would just reassure myself that I'd made the right choice and that I was uh, was working in a, in, in a career, in a field that w- was going to be incredibly rewarding and inspiring and and lots of fun for the long mm. run. Okay, and something to do with music now. What was the one band or musician that you never saw in concert but you wish that you had? <laughs> Dear, I could do horrible things to embarrass myself now, I guess. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll take the risk and sort of say the person that I probably most regret not having seen perform live, because I think they would have been brilliant, uh, is Tina Turner. Tina Turner, um, very good. Yeah, so I can't see her doing a comeback tour, but... Uh, I think she would have been amazing as a live performer. Anybody else, as well as Tina? I think that's embarrassing enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, favourite Tina Turner song? No, it has to be simply the best. It's too funny. Yeah. Yeah. Great song, it really is. Uh, we need to bring this to a close in a moment, but sure. for anyone who's heard anything and would want to get in touch with the school, what's, what's the easiest way for them to do that? I think it's really just uh, reach out to either the admissions department or the the school office and we're always very happy to to be in touch with families and to help one of our goals as a school for those either relocating to New York and and coming to a new city and country or those looking to discover a different opportunity or option in the city and we try to make that process as as simple and uh, user-friendly as possible. Well, look, Jason, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for opening up and telling us about life in the school. Thank you also for telling us about Tina Turner. I had no idea at all about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Bye for now. Bye. 
So that was Jason Morrow, headmaster at the school, and a special thank you to him. If you have any questions at all about anything Jason has said, then please do get in touch with the school. The website is bisney.org. That's B-I-S hyphen N-Y dot org. And the staff will be very happy to help you. Now, if you haven't followed or subscribed to this channel yet, then now is the time to do so, because it just means that when each episode is released, you'll receive a small notification to let you know that it's available. So go do that now. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you again next time. Bye for now.